1: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Podcast on 5th Ave. It's me, Jordan Taylor, as always. We're pretty stoked because we're recording on Wednesday, but today when this episode airs, Penguins Rookie Camp will have started. So we don't have anything to report just yet, but it's happening. We're getting there. The Penguins are opening up their rookie camp. They have 13 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goaltenders, and we're just a week away from the start of regular training camp. So we're we're getting really really close to the NHL season, and it's just super exciting. So, Taylor, who are who are some of the guys that you're lo- most looking forward to seeing in rookie camp this year?
0: Yeah, so um, rookie camp. So this differs from development camp. You know, development camp was two months ago. Development camp Mm -hmm. is really like all the new faces. Guys with a whole lot of Wilkes-Barre experience aren't, or really any Wilkes-Barre experience, don't come to development camp. Um, That's more about just getting acclimated with the organization and, you know, the front office getting to meet these guys. Um, This rookie camp, this is going to be more of like a Wilkes-Barre influence. Guys that have... Um, play there. I, I know last year they combined them. Just called it Prospect Camp. I think I called it like my Christmas.
1: Um, but <laughs> I remember that they, yeah. broke
0: but it was like they combined it. So they they broke it into into two things this summer, and when you get divorced, you get two Christmases. So this <laughs> is the Christmas of the summer, but yeah. So it's it's a lot of wilkesbury guys, some guys that were in Wheeling. Um, nobody who's playing in Europe this season is gonna be there because their seasons are already underway. None of the college kids are gonna be there because they're already in school. There are gonna be some of the junior prospects who are gonna be going back to juniors. So Owen Pickering, their first round pick, and then Nolan Collins, their sixth round pick from from this draft. Um, they're both gonna be there. They were also at development camp. I'm Pickering is definitely what I'm excited to see just because you know he definitely stood out in the um, development camp setting against you know lesser experienced players, but you know how mm-hmm. is he going to look in a, in a rookie camp setting? And and part of rookie camp is going to be the scrimmage in um, in Boston and uh, in Buffalo against Boston's prospects on Sunday. And I know something Pickering because he's six foot four, but he's only one hundred and eighty pounds. Because he grew from five, seven to six, four in three years, so he's insane. yeah, he's still filling out. It's not a concern at all that he's lanky, but because he used to be undersized, he's not a very physical player, but that is something that you know he's working to add to his his game. so um, you know, and we just saw him in the development camp uh, setting, you know, there's no physicality in that, so like I'll be interested to see what kind of physicality we see from him in, you know, this, um, in the scrimmage, at least in, in, against the Bruins prospects, I feel like we should see a little bit of physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's, he's probably, um, one of the, one of the big ones. Another one I'm excited to see is, uh, Philip Lindbergh, the Penguins goalie prospect. They signed as a free agent last summer. Um, he's the draft pick of the wild, didn't sign with them, elected to go to free agency. And he he was incredible to start the year in Wilkes-Barre. He um in his first four games um four games of his career he was earned the the AHL goaltender of the month for the month of October. Um, nice. great numbers. And then in his seventh start of the season, uh, he hurt his ankle. Initially, it seemed like they weren't really sure what it was. Um, in conversations with like JD, the coach, um, you know, he had started skating leading up to the Christmas break and then he stopped skating after that. And it's not that he reaggravated it, you know, JD, he just told me like they, it was more of a matter, they learned more about the injury and uh, he was done for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't have surgery. Um, to my knowledge, he was just rehabbing it. He was mm-hmm. at development camp, um, but he was he was a limited participant. He wasn't out there everyday development camp. And when he was, um, he was limited in that capacity too, not really facing shots the same way the other goalie prospects were. But um, it seems like he's 100%. I'm, I'm sure we'll find out Thursday. But, you know, we talked about it last week. There are a bunch of players in town for informal skates. The rookies mm-hmm. have been having their own informal skates too, and I've watched some of those and he's he was out there from the first day they started doing that um sharing the net equally with uh Tommy Napier was the other goalie who was there didn't seem to be limited at all um he seems to be moving fine you know pushing off the post fine Um, that's good so if if he could be 100 that's that's huge because I mean like the Penguins goalie um the Penguins prospect pool is very shallow but the goalie the goalie prospect pool is very good. Um, mm-hmm. Between him, you have Joel Blomquist in Finland, who right now I'd say Blomqvist is their, their top goalie prospect, but but Lindbergh, um, you know, if he can pick up where he left off last season, you know, he's right up there too. You have Taylor Gauthier, who they signed out of the Portland Winterhawks and the WHL. He's going to be at this camp too. Um, I, I'd anticipate him starting in Wheeling just because of the number of goalies um, who are already going to be in Wilkes-Barre. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergei Marishov, he the fourth-round pick this year, he's not going to be at, at camp because he's, he's Russian, but just another really good goalie um, prospect in the system. And then I mentioned Tommy Napier. He's on an AHL contract, but, um, you know, if someone's on an AHL contract, they treat him just like, you know, a normal prospect, um, like their own property. He uh, He's going to be at, at camp, too. He, uh, I mean, he he was very starter in the in the playoffs last year, and he was great. He was great um, after you know Louis Domingue and Alex Doria came mm-hmm. up. So, um, yeah, the future the the goalie prospect pool is pretty uh, pretty bright, and Lindbergh's definitely a big part of that. Excited to see. That's
1: super encouraging, yeah, because for for a while it was looking like okay what is the goalie prospect pool like what what do we have here what are we working with as far as forwards and defensemen who are you going to be keeping an eye on besides uh, of course Owen Pickering yeah. uh, who else who else is kind of got your focus
0: the the defense one of the most interested to see is probably Josh Maniscalco um, they signed him 2 years ago out of Arizona State um He left us after his sophomore year, and he was you know a really coveted prospect coming out of Arizona State. It was a big deal at the time um uh you know he had interest from other teams the penguins they had to you know make their pitches to him. Scott Young, the director of player development at the time, was like uh using Marino as an example of you know like look at this other defenseman that came out of college and you know went right to the n h l like that could be your path um mm-hmm. Mario Lemieux made a pitch to him because Mario Lemieux's son, Austin, went to um, ASU and was teammates with Maniscalco. So Mario was very familiar with Maniscalco and was, you know, call, he, he made a call to him um, to, you know, try to talk him into signing with the Penguins. He chose the Penguins. Did not quite go the way of, you know, John Marino his first year. Um, he was in Wilkes-Barre the, the full year, but he was a healthy scratch almost all year. I believe he only played eight games. Um, it was a shortened season. It was only a 32 game season. But so he, he really wasn't in the lineup at all. And, um, you know, throughout the year, you know, I would ask JD Forrest, just kind of like, why, why is Maniscalco like, not in the lineup? It was a very deep, um, you know, group of defensemen. But, uh, you know, JD just kind of made it clear that, you know, it's a very competitive um, lineup. And, and Maniscalco just wasn't good enough at the time. And they thought mm. that there were things he could work on. Um, in practice, so this then you go into this past year. Uh, they did send him down to Wheeling this past season, and he and he was dominant. I mean, he finished. Um, uh, I mean, offensively, he was their number three leading scorer. Obviously, he led all defensemen um, and just put up, I believe, his over a point per game or right around then. Um, and I mean, he was actually used in all you know situations. Um, you know, power play, penalty kill. They really relied on him. But again, wilkesbury had a a lot of defensemen with, you know, Joseph and Ricola, um, you know, getting sent down and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, veterans like Fedun and Bartkowski. So there really wasn't an opportunity for him to come up. Um, he did come up when they had, you know, like a COVID outbreak. He got in, I think, two games. Um, and then he went back down when they got healthy again. But So he's entering the last year of his entry-level deal. Uh, you know, he's he's really running out of opportunity. Opportunities here. Um, I don't think a rookie camp is anything where anyone's gonna prove themselves or you know yeah. like roster spots aren't won and lost in rookie camp. It's not that deep. But you can definitely he can definitely make a you know good impression that would help his case. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's I wouldn't say he's like the top defensive prospect who's gonna be here. He's definitely not. Um but he's you know, probably the one of the most uh interested in uh, you know, seeing him. So
1: yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can talk a little bit about the forwards who are going to be at development camp or the rookie camp. Uh, yeah, let's take a break. We'll be right back. And we are back. The Penguins also have 13 forwards attending rookie camp. from From those 13 guys... Who, who are the three or four that, uh, that you're going to be paying the most attention to when rookie camp opens up?
0: Yeah, so uh, the ones I'm going to be paying attention to, not necessarily the top guys. You know, the top guys who I think are going to be there are Pustin and, and, and Holender. Um, but I don't think I'm going to learn a whole lot about them in a rookie camp that you know we don't already know because those two are the ones that are going to be the most NHL-ready. Um, I think both of them are NHL-ready now. But the ones I think I'm going to follow the most, um, Sam Poulin, who you know, he's a I know fans. Uh, you know, you see people calling him like a bust, you know, because he's a first round pick. He hasn't come up yet. He's played one year, not <laughs> like <laughs> relax. Um, he played one year, and the first half of the season, he, he was pretty. He was pretty rough, uh, and then in January. A couple things happened that kind of led to him turning his season around. Um, one, he got healthy scratched. And it was a, it was only one game. It happened, you know, J.D., he said, Sam, he was making a lot of repetitive mistakes. But one real kicker was like he, like a no-look pass up the middle. He turned it over in one game. I think it was against Hartford and Hartford immediately scored and it was it was a one mm. it was a one goal loss so it's like that might have you know lost them the game um yeah he was healthy scratch the next game so I think he kind of got the message um also at that time um they acquired Alex Nylander um and put him on Poulan's line and they had instant chemistry uh Nylander he's not going to be at this camp but He's gonna be at training camp. He's he's around, but um, those two worked really well together. I don't know if it's because their dads are both whalers at the same time, and it's mm. like a, it's a genetic thing. I don't know, but they were really good together. And then they also moved Pullan to center. Pullan, he had played um, you know center before in juniors, um, but he had played wing exclusively in the first half of um, last year in Wolfsbury. And the move to center wasn't more so about, like, okay, well, we see him long-term as more of a center. It was more like uh, centers just touch the puck more, um, you know, and, and, and making plays. And Poulin, you know, his weakness was his, his decision-making, and they really wanted mm. to accelerate that learning process. So it's like if they move him to center, he's going to be having to make – he's going to have to make a whole lot more decisions. And, yeah. But then he actually was very good at, at, at center. So – um, he was great the second half of the season. It's not surprising he didn't get you know called up last season just because his first half was weaker. But um, coming into – you know I think this is going to be a big training camp for him, mm-hmm. like not necessarily rookie camp. But just um, – I mean, anything in rookie camp we can see. Uh, if if you know this is more like second half pool in or first half pool in, that's going to be huge. And also I'm, I'm curious – um, at least in rookie camp, what position they're going to have him play because, you know, when he had all that success, it was just a center. But if a forwards – you know, there are forwards who can play wing and center. But when they – the guys like that, typically when they get called up, they don't break into the NHL as a center. You, they come in as a wing and then eventually maybe move to center. Um, you know, like Teddy Bluger did that. So – um, I'd like to see Polan at wing um, at some mm-hmm. point just, you know, to learn more, you know, yeah. that success he had at center. Can he also, you know, play that well at wing now? Um, right. So he's one I'm, I'm excited to see and a lot of fans are. And then the other one is Legere. Legere, first half of the season, you know, very much like like Poulain, um repeated, you know, mistakes. He wasn't producing offensively, I think, the way they thought he would. Uh, mm. and then that same weekend in January where Poulin was scratched, uh Le Gray was scratched another game in that weekend series. And then like Poulain, Legray kind of, you know, the weeks after, you did see an improvement in in his game, but then it, it's like he kind of regressed back to first half of legre and then in the last month and a half of the season, really he was a healthy scratch more often than not, um, which is which is disappointing. Um yeah. then, not <laughs> like too way too early to call him a boss like, it's a one year um he was a third round pick for for a reason i think same with 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 poland like Polan was a late first round pick like there's a reason these guys aren't you know the top five picks who you know do go to the n h l right away like they they obviously have weaknesses in their game um that's why like gray was a third round pick it's not surprising that he didn't make it to the n h l in his first pro season but um this is gonna be a big year for him um Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll see him in the you know if he does turn it around I don't know if we'll see him in the NHL just given the other options but um I think he's someone who has a lot to prove this season again I don't think anyone's proving anything in a in a rookie camp but um right he's someone uh I'm definitely interested in seeing too a lot of the interesting forwards were, were guys who were at development camp, and this is going to be their, their rookie year. Um, mm. Like uh, R- Ravis Ansons, um, he's someone I'm really, I'm really excited about. I, when I did my Top 10 Prospects article, I had him 10th. Um, it's like they cloned Teddy Bluger. Uh, <laughs> like he's he's Latvian, um, very strong uh, defensively, Okay. He, um, I mean, so Bluegger came out of college, Anson's is coming out of juniors. Anson scored more. It is the QMJHL, so I don't know if you know he has more of an. It's hard. It's hard to say whether he has more of an Mm -hmm. offensive upside than Teddy. But I mean, you listen to anyone in the organization talk about Anson's, and it's like they'll have you like believe he's like going to be a perennial sulky candidate for the next like (laughs) ten years, like. Um they love would him. not be a bad thing, yeah. Right. Like uh his his work ethic, he sounds so much like Teddy. Like Teddy um mm. this is the guy who after practices is on the ice like half an hour after everyone left, and the only reason he gets off is because like the zamboni's gonna run him over. Like <laughs> that's like Anson's. Um and it's funny, Anson's was uh in development camp, they used like the main locker room, and Anson's was in Teddy's stall and, um, I talked to him. I was like, "Do you know his locker you're sitting in?" He's like, "No, it's well, Teddy Bluegears." And he was like, "Wow," <laughs> he was shocked. <laughs> um, and he said he was like really excited to meet Teddy in training camp. But uh, like I, I talked to um, uh, Anson's, you know, he started out the year in one um, junior team, and then he uh, he was traded to another one mid season, and ended up winning the Memorial Cup with that team. So I, I talked to. The team that acquired him, uh, their GM, just like you know, what made you go after Ravis Anson? Mm-hmm. I expected it to be like a short conversation. I was on the phone with this guy for like twenty minutes. Oh my goodness! Uh, just like I, it was just like Hinan saw him hyping up Ansons and just everything about him, like his you know in the locker room, um, kind of like a like a quiet leader, just um, mm-hmm. and just yeah, responsible. Hockey he said he's never gonna do anything um erratic. Uh he, you know, a coach is gonna coaches trust him. You're they're always gonna know what to expect from him, which is like Mike Sullivan, I think, is gonna love Ravis Ansons because you know, the, the players of the weaker defensive games, they're not gonna they don't they don't get the call ups. So that's kind of what he wants yeah. to be, first and foremost. Um the ability to kill penalties if you're gonna be in the bottom six, Ansons does that. Um so He's uh he's definitely someone I'm ex- I honestly the Ford Group there's <laughs> there's so many like I could go down the the list I'm not gonna go over all thirteen but mm-hmm. um, I mean Swakowski, uh you know he really stood out in in development camp he's he's smaller he's like 165 pounds so like he's this is gonna be his rookie year too I don't think he's gonna get called up because he needs to get bigger but um just so skilled so fast really excited to see mm-hmm. him um. Jonathan Gruden is another Ford who's like uh, like a like a Teddy Booger clone, um, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a center. He, he's been in Wilkes-Barre the last two years. Um, again, very, very similar to uh, to, to blueger There's a whole bunch. Um, I mean, we're going to have stories of probably all these guys. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, but Pustin – I'm excited to see Pustin, too. I know I said, you know, he's, we're not going to learn anything about him, but – Um, I've been seeing Pustinen in in these informal skates. And it's like, I've never seen anyone so happy to be practicing. (laughs) It's not that like, he's like goofing off. um, But it's like, it's like you watch Valtteri Pustinen and it's like, there's, he makes it seem like there's nothing more enjoyable in the world than like running through simple skills drills. (laughs) And it's just like infectious. It rubs off on the other guys. Um, on the ice and and Pustin when he came in last year he really didn't speak English but just watching with in these informal skates he's like going up to everyone on the ice and like initiating conversations and and like Ty Hennis the skills coach too and he's talking to him and everyone's laughing so I'm like <laughs> very very funny but, but I'm like I'd love to know what he's saying like I I, I think his English I think really got stronger over the course of the year he's never done an interview in English so I don't know um they never made him available to us just because it wasn't that, that okay. strong but remember when i mean when he came up and made his debut um i asked sullivan about that because during training mm-hmm. camp sullivan said that you know because pustin didn't speak english they'd always just make sure another finn was nearby <laughs> to act as translator <laughs> so then when he gets called up in the season i asked sullivan like did did you have to enlist you know kapanen and someone's like, no, like <laughs> he just speaks English now. Um, wow. Yeah. So I. What a skill. Yeah. And like you asked, um, like when very practiced, they had a practice in Cranberry last year, and I spoke to a couple guys like uh, Joseph and Hollander, guys who don't speak Finnish. I'm like, what kind of guy is, you know, Valteri Pusin? And it's like you asked them about Pusin, and they all just like break into a smile. Um and talking about like how just how funny he is, and he seems like he has a really great personality. So that's something I'm looking forward to too. Can we talk to him in uh, in the locker room? Does he know English? Because my <laughs> English is not that great. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that.
1: <laughs> awesome! This is going to be a really good opportunity for fans like me to get a glimpse of these guys before training camp starts next week. But rookie camp starting today, Thursday, September 15th. It's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to, to that. So follow along uh, for coverage because Taylor's going to keep us all updated on what's going on over there up in Cranberry. Let's take one more break and we'll be right back. We are back. There was some moderate amount of news that, that went down this week, some with previous players, sort of, former players, current players, becoming former players. The Penguins offered PTO to, uh, to Dominic Simone. He turned it down. Uh, he is no longer a Penguin. He is gone. Uh, which, if if history tells us anything... He might be back again. We may not have seen the last of Dominic Simone, but yeah. for now, he's not on the roster. Where is he going, and what is he going to be doing now that he's no longer with the team?
0: Yeah. So, um, so I mean, so they traded him to Anaheim in the in the Raquel trade. I, I want to go back because I think on the podcast when we talked about this at the time, I'm like, he'll be back. Like Dominic will yeah. be back. Um, yep. You know, he had two stints with the team. You know, his first one, and then he went to Calgary for a year, came back, traded him to Anaheim. And the Penguins offered him a tryout contract. It should have mm-hmm. let him come to, you know, training camp. Maybe he earns a real contract out of that. Uh, he he was considering it. Um, I know he had another offer like that from another team, but he chose to go back to the Czech Republic um, or Czechia, whatever we're calling it now, mm-hmm. um, with the team he originally played for, the in his so he's, he's playing um, uh, Sparta um that's the system he came up in that's where he made his professional debut he last played for them mm. 8 years ago um he signed a two year deal there so two years you know in the Czech league you have to think yeah this this might be the end of Dominic Simone yeah with uh with the Penguins but uh, you never know
1: never say never it's uh, yeah. you, seriously they they just they're that
0: couple that always finds a way back and to each other. Like when, when this came out and I'm like, I'm like, you know, we don't write stories for like every former player signing somewhere, but I'm like, I'm going to write this. And I know the comments are going to be a mess. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I th- There's,
0: there's like an irrational hatred for, for Dominic Smoan for what they, they were, you know, they're paying him league minimum. Um, mm-hmm. the value they got out of that, I think was, was very good. He's, he's, he's what he is. He was, he's a bottom six yeah. player, um, at times to play in the, on, on the top line. Um, he did not finish as much as everyone would have liked, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he, he never, he never worked on the top line. Um, the year that, that really stands out was 2018, 19, um, mm-hmm. With, uh, you know, Gensel Crosby, um, I can't remember all the wingers they had up there at the time, but if you, that, that whole year, um, when Dominic Simone was on the top line, they scored more than any other other winger at the time, and, you know, I remember, I would write about that, and then people were like, well, where is assist I think people underestimate how, how many assists come on, like, power plays. Um, when you look mm-hmm. at even strength, at the time, he had, like, the fifth most even strength assist on the team. So I, I know, you know, all the comments are about, like, analytics and, like, the test Yeah. People, people, I think, it. those are goals. That's not analytics. Those are goals. It did yeah. work for some time. It did not work towards the end. That's all it was. I like I was reading like the replies I was getting on Twitter, and they're like, you know, I I never understood why Crosby you know liked having him on his wings so much. Stupid analytics. And I'm like, do you think Sidney Crosby is pulling up Natural Stat Trick, the stat website, and being like, who has the best Corsi 4 percentage? I want that guy. No, Crosby <laughs> knows what's happening on the ice and the little things that my players do but... Make his job easier and let him score, and Gensel mm-hmm. score more. So that's what that was. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the, the reaction. Like I knew what kind of reaction that was gonna get. But yeah, he's going to the the Czech League. Best of luck to him there. But um, yeah, good good luck,
1: dude. Um, it, he, he there was either an irrational hatred of him or an irrational love for him. <laughs> like it was, it just inexplicable the effect that he had on. Penguins yeah. fans and media across the spectrum. It was just, it was wild. But in other news, two other Penguins darlings um signed elsewhere. Zach Aston Reese is going to Toronto and, and Evan Rodriguez is going to the Avalanche. So there's and uh Evan Rodriguez could he became a free agent, could yeah. have signed with the Penguins. Signed with Colorado for two million dollars, which is um, what the Penguins are paying Jack Johnson. Um, so that's that's a fun little tidbit that we, <laughs> we like to bring up every every other
0: week. We're just like beating yep. the dead horse. <laughs> the yep. the Jack Johnson buyout is up you. Uh, it's like one point nine and like <sighs> six seven this year. All the things they could do with that money. That's Evan Rodriguez money.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Evan Rodriguez was was two players over. You know, Mm -hmm. first half and the second half of the season, he was like I I think it was his first thirty three games of the season. He had thirty points. Yeah, yeah, was insane. He was around like a point per game, and then it's Mm -hmm. like he forgot how to score entirely. Yeah, like what happened? Um, He had that hat trick in like
1: January, I think, and then that was that was basically it. That was his swan
0: song. He was like, all right,
1: I guess. (laughs) I don't need to do that anymore.
0: I, like, remember, you know, because he was on he was on the top power play for some time, mm-hmm. and it's like his one-timers from the left circle, where it's like, he's kind of Ovechkin-like. And he's yeah, really heating up around, um, like, all-star time, and it's like, mm-hmm. it, does Evan Rodriguez deserve to be in the all-star game? And then, yeah, second half, Evan Rodriguez, it's like, what happened to him? But, yeah, even given, you know, the way things went, I think it would have been worth the risk giving him two million. If you look at the other depth signings they made, yeah. John evolved still makes no sense to me. Um, Why? What was the point? What was the point? Yeah, someone like uh. you know Drake Kajula. who Drake. I mean, he's probably gonna end up in Moultsberry, but there's just so many of these depth forwards on the team, mm-hmm. like Ryan Paling. I think Ryan Paling is you know probably gonna be a good versatile bottom six forward. He might end up as a 13th forward, but you know, he can play wing center whatever, but any one of these guys, I think I'd still rather have Evan Rodriguez Mm -hmm. after seeing, like I, I would have taken that gamble that, um, uh, you know, you get first half Evan Rodriguez. I think what happened is, um, he was hoping for more money based off of, you know, what he did in the first half of the season.
1: Yeah. The success. Mm -hmm. And,
0: but the problem is, just so many teams being cash strapped is that when you bet on yourself like that, and you're you know you have, um, you know whatever number was in mind. After if you if this goes on for long enough, teams just don't have that money anymore. Like yeah, you, you can't wait around for Evan Rodriguez. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe if Evan Rodriguez's number was two million earlier in the season, I mean earlier in the summer. Yeah. Then then maybe the Penguins would have done that and and, and met that, but um, I mean, good for him. He ends up <laughs> on the Stanley Cup champions. So
1: seriously, that's like best case scenario for him. He's yeah, on yeah. The, arguably the best team in the league and getting paid decent money for yeah. the type of player he is to to do that. I so am, I don't know.
0: I'm gonna miss his. It was like a running thing. Every time he had immediate availability, he ended it with like something like have a safe drive home or like have a good rest oh my gosh just it it was something different like very pleasant
1: so wholesome yeah
0: so I it was I mean that started you know when he came on the team and it was like we would have a running thing with like the media like why what's he gonna say this time um when things got bad like the second half you know last season it's like he he kind (laughs) of (laughs) stopped um so okay he's he's not feeling great um, yeah, poor guy. Yeah, but like, do you remember like the back and forth of like him and Rust um, hopping in on each other's yeah availabilities? Uh, the one, the first one was in 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 Tampa, um, and and Rust, it, Rust was talking, um, and you know, so we're all you know gathered around Rust, and then you came just like behind us, like, uh, who's your favorite player? And it's Evan Rodriguez, um, and Brian Rust is like Evan Rodriguez, and then. They did it reverse one time when like Evan Rodriguez was talking and in the media room in Pittsburgh and, and you know uh, so good guy good for him yeah mm-hmm. uh, but yeah and Aston Reese it's only a trial contract he signed with Toronto they they have a you know some depth forward battles too I'm surprised he couldn't get more um, mm-hmm. just uh, he's he's a good defensive bottom six center he can kill penalties I, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he only got. a
1: tryout contract. So, yeah, well, uh, we'll see what he's able to do in Toronto. They may be desperate at some point come playoff season when they are inevitably staring down a first round exit again. But uh, in other news, so Penguins announced their theme nights and uh, the Blackhawks announced that they're going to be retiring Marian Hosa's number during the game against the Penguins. So former Penguin, former Red Wing against the Penguins in the Stanley Cup Finals went on to win it with Chicago. Uh, that'll be an interesting game to watch. And Taylor, you said before we started recording, that has potential to be Malkin's 1,000th game. So that's yeah. that's going to be a big night if, yeah. it, if the stars align.
0: Malkin, so he's 19 games away. So if he plays in the first 19 games of the season, yeah, that that's it. I, the, the 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 following game is three days later at home against Calgary. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for Malkin to to miss a game. You know? Yeah. Um, day-to-day, uh, you know. Don't help his... Yeah. Don't help his mm-hmm. day-to-day. Lower, yeah. Let him have his <laughs> night at home. Um, I don't know. Unless they want to upstage yeah. Marion Hossa uh, a second time. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never know.
0: Yeah, but I, I can't believe Morgan's that close. Um,
1: it's wild, yeah.
0: That'll be cool to have if it does. I mean, they're gonna have a celebration at home, mm-hmm. regardless. You know, even if that is, if it does happen on the road, but that'll be cool because I mean, Crosby's you know one thousandth game, no one was there because it was in COVID. yeah, unfortunate. Um, uh, and it'll just be cool to see like maybe what they do. Um, to honor him. Because, like, you remember Crosby. You know, they all wear 87 in warm-ups. But I remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, Crosby, he I'm, he has, like, a list mile long of, like, pregame superstitions. But the one mm-hmm. is, at the same point in warm-ups, um, every warm ups he drops at the same point in the ice and reties his skates. Remember, he did yep. that in, in his 1,000 game and everyone dropped and did that. So, I don't know. Like, Malkin... He does the thing where he, he lays on his back um in the um face off uh face off dot and like stretches his mm-hmm. legs out. Um I don't know, maybe everyone does that.
1: That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool.
0: <laughs> I don't know what else uh what else can we do, but um yeah, it'd be cool. Fun I, stuff. I, I hope it happens yeah. to it, it, scratch him. scratch against the Blackhawks. Like the Blackhawks yeah. are gonna be the worst team in the league this year. Like you So get- bad let them sit you know they're gonna ruin marion Hosa's night no matter what
1: yeah it's gonna be a rough go for the blackhawks the, but that, yeah it would be awesome
0: the the penguins night so so i feel like the past couple of years all the theme nights have been the same like it's been 70s night 80s night 90s night and star wars night the four decades mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> and, pretty much yeah but um so no 70s 80s 90s which is great uh because that was i was getting bored of that i I get most fans don't go to every single one every single year but um yeah there's a there's a pittsburgh night um don't know what all that's gonna entail um lots of iron city probably yeah (laughs) um no more um star wars that that's replaced superhero night which i don't know that'll be cool more for the kids yeah but the only decades night is 2000s night, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I can't believe that we're far enough removed from the 2000s that we can have a theme night. Right. Like, it's a it's stuck in a time capsule. That makes me feel kind of sick a little bit.
0: I think this but also, it's cool. like, um, it furthers the, like, it solidifies that the pigeon logo is going to come back. Obviously, the yeah. pigeon came around in in 93 and was around for the 90s and it, it wasn't around for the full 2000s um I, they moved it to a shoulder patch at some point and then they stopped wearing it entirely i mm-hmm. believe it was 2007 but you know when they do 90s night it's all about the two cup teams um and yeah when i don't know i think when you think of the most we talked about it before they didn't win anything in the pigeon logo but when you think of the Pigeons, more iconic moments. They did happen in the 2000s, like um, mm-hmm. uh, like Mario um, retiring, um, and then uh, the Casperitis school is the one. When I think of like the the gradient, um, mm-hmm. that those jerseys specifically, it, that's I think the most like iconic moment. I think of um, yeah, is overtime goal. So. Um, I, mean, I don't know. It'd be cool if the Pigeon is indeed the reverse retro. You wear that on Ugh. 2000s night. Obviously, the 09 Cup happened in that, too. So, you know, they always show old mm-hmm. highlights in that. I don't want to see any 09 Cup. I want to see, like, early 2000s, like the bad years. I want to see X. Yeah, region. bring it back. I want to see, oh, God. you know, Ramsey. I want to see Rico Feta. Um, I want to see all that on the highlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, the yeah. oh, night okay, nine.
1: <laughs> remind know. us of the bleak years. We remember yeah. the cup. I like, want to see the <laughs> best,
0: yeah, bring it Dick back. Tarnstrom. Leading squad, dig Tarnstrom, give him, <laughs> give him his due.
1: <laughs> this moment,
0: yeah,
1: that's exciting, yeah. But yeah. it's just another one of those things where they're announcing theme nights, it means that the regular season is that much closer to coming back. But we're Kicking it off with Rookie Camp. Today we have training camp next week. Make sure that you're following us, whether it is on Twitter, wherever you're listening to podcasts, you're subscribed, whether it's on YouTube, you subscribe to our channel there because we're going to be bringing you all the information that you need this upcoming season. We drop new episodes every Thursday, so we will see you next week for another new episode of Podcasts on Fit